Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you can save. My name is Daniel Dopp, joined by Mike Clay and Field Jates. It yeah. is Wednesday, November 22nd. Guys, this is normally just a ranking show, but because we're in a holiday weekend, this is going to be Thanksgiving week. Obviously, we're not doing shows tomorrow and Friday, so we're going to give you a full gamut of the entire rundown here on are. Wednesday. Mm. It's going to be a jam-packed show. How are you guys doing today? Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How about you? I'm doing great. This show will be as packed as my plate will be tomorrow. Yes, uh, Field. During my first of several Thanksgiving meals, because my only belief on Thanksgiving that might run counter to where most people rest is that Thanksgiving is not a one meal occurrence. Oh, that's you just yeah, keep doing true. it all day. True. Right. Like you yep. are supposed to gain 10 pounds on Thanksgiving. That's mm-hmm. part of like the bylaws that were, I think that's actually in the constitution. That's <laughs> It should Can be, anybody prove not. me wrong? No, no I, I can't. I think you're right. By the way, uh, speaking of Thanksgiving, <laughs> you know, we, you know, we're, you know, we're parents. Yeah. You know, we try to teach our kids about good decision making. And we always like, we follow the NFL and you always hear about like coaches and owners and are like, you know, make, make good decisions, players. Don't put yourself in the wrong place at the wrong mm, time. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I was driving in today and I, I'm coming off the exit ramp on 84. And what do I see on the side of the road? Four turkeys. Just hanging out, hanging walking out. around. Really? What are, you, what are you doing, man? Well, they're, I mean, what are you doing? It's a day before Thanksgiving. You're just out on the side of the road, hiding somewhere deep Ex- in the woods. Exactly. They're lucky I'm a nice guy That's and I already have my turkey. Because if not, I mean, what if, if, I, not, what if what? I just was at the supermarket and there was no turkeys left? Yeah, I could have just pulled over and, and taken one. I can imagine. Look, I uh, what is this like a trail on Burke's thing? You're just gonna jump out of your car with your Bowie knife and yeah. And, that wow, I mean, that's a deep know. cut right there. Maybe wasn't a trailer <laughs> pun works? intended. Was he the know. one that? Yeah, with the with the with the boars. Wasn't it a pig thing? Yeah, oh yeah. I remember like, like back in the pre-draft process. Yeah, like, he went to, I think he's like got some got some hunting in his background. You know, he went I didn't to know that. Arkansas. Maybe I don't know if it was something he picked up while he was in college or not. This is neither here nor there. Yeah. yeah, it, it is something field would know. You're right. Yeah, how to actually cook a turkey? Can't help you there. No idea. But in terms of like what players may have previously hunted for a turkey, I'm your guy. Got that down. Yeah, got down. Yeah, Carson Wentz only eats duck. And pheasants <laughs> mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving, his preferred thing to hunt for. You know what? I don't need to know what Dan Orlovsky eats on Thanksgiving because it's probably <laughs> basically nothing. Yeah, Dan orders Domino's on Thanksgiving. Stop, Field. Yes. I didn't need that. No, it's true. By the way, I already got my yogurt for dessert tomorrow. All I'm right. Sick. You sick. Time, to, get time to talk about football. Time to talk about football. This makes me sick. Yeah. Hey, guys, let's jump in. Seriously, we got it. a bunch of stuff to do. I have a question for you, Field Yates. You were not here on Tuesday, so we could not talk about how Patrick Mahomes barely outscored CJ Stroud for I the know, week. Boy, it was close. Honestly, though, real talk. It's been a tough couple of weeks for Patrick Mahomes. A couple weeks. Any, it's been a while. 11 weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance that you would ever consider benching Patrick Mahomes or is this just one of those conversations that we have as fantasy managers where it's like, man, we're disappointed, but you can't not play him. I think it's more the latter, right? Because you need to have an incredible option that you added a long time ago. And if you've been holding on to that incredible option up to this point in the season, you probably should have traded one of these two players yeah. a long time ago. But just some perspective on Mahomes' struggles. We are now, of course... 10, uh, 11 weeks into the season, so 10 games for the Kansas City Chiefs. They have seven more, so we're not quite two-thirds of the way, but we are more than half of the way this season. Patrick Mahomes, over the past three years, this is the number of games he's had with at least three passing touchdowns. Last year, eight. Year prior to that, seven. Year prior to that, six. So throw away the passing yardage, which is also down for Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes. The quickest way to score points for a quarterback is passing touchdowns. Yep. This year, he's got two, two, two games with at least three passing touchdowns. And I understand 
that there have been opportunities that went by the wayside. <clears throat> Marquez Valdez Scantling, I'm talking oh, to you. Man, that being said, the Chiefs lead the NFL in drops this season. Their wide receiver play is objectively objectively poor. So I'm not expecting this wide receiver group to overnight during Thanksgiving week get a whole lot better. Meanwhile, trivia. How many games this year do you think the Raiders have allowed 20 fantasy points to a quarterback? I bet Mike um, knows this. It's one or two. One. one. I'll say, yeah. One. Now, I'm, I'm not like they've played, you know, every great quarterback mm-hmm. in the NFL, but no one really does except for the Jets this year, it mm-hmm. feels like. So, yeah, this is a tougher defense than you might imagine. I don't know how many weeks I have Patrick Mahomes as quarterback five, but here we are, Mike. Yeah, and I'm even lower at QB seven. I'll just keep piling on 20 plus fantasy points. In one of his last seven games, he actually had three in a row That's to start the brutal. season. Uh, he was 20, just under 20 in week one, 19.58. Yeah, in that, certainly in that range. So he yeah. had a couple 20-point games early yeah. out of the gate, and then it's kind of falling apart. Outside as of, a stats guy, I felt compelled that, to. That's fine. Right. That, look, yeah. I appreciate it. That's why you're here. That's why we bring <laughs> you in. You guys, that's why you're all the nuggets there. Yeah. Uh, outside the top 10, three weeks in a row, career worst marks in yards per completion, yards per attempt, average depth to throw, touchdown rate, interception rate, drop rate, to your point. As also zero rushing touchdowns, zero. which is something he's he's had two plus every other season of his career since he's been a starter on pace for a career high in rushing yards and yet not getting the touchdowns. Yeah. And I did tweet this the other day. Uh, you look at the, the Chiefs offensive touchdowns per game because that's really your point. Touchdowns, right? That's where the issue has been by season since his first year. Four point one per game. Three point three, three point two, three point four, three point four. Pretty consistent. Three and a half range. Two point three yeah. this year. The NFL average is two point two. Right. Uh, they're barely they're an above average scoring yeah. offense so far this season. So, yeah, it's uh, it, he's not the same elite guy that he's been in the past. And the question is, can they turn it around? You know, because there are players that we'd say to you, like, all right, they've been struggling, but there are signs of hope. Whether it was Deontay Johnson for a while mm-hmm. when he was getting all that volume, it's like, hey, trust the process here. For Mahomes, like, what reason do you have to believe that these playmakers are going to be getting better? And maybe it's because the wide receivers have been as bad as they have been. But even Travis Kelsey hasn't been nearly as nuclear this year yep. as he has been for the last half decade. It yeah. may be finally that we have narrowed the gap where next year there is a debate. TJ Hawkinson or Travis Kelsey is tight end one going into the season. Yeah, yeah. The, the tough part for me in this one is I don't know how to answer your question, Field, because I don't think that this is a Patrick Mahomes thing, right? Like this is about the no, guys. I mean, he's around the best him, player in the planet right? still. Yeah. So when you say what's the confidence or like how do I feel like this is going to get better? It means that the guys around him are just going to have to start playing better, period. I don't know how else to say that. Like they've got to start making catches. They've got to stop dropping the football. They've got to find better ways to be able to get this wide receiving crew involved. Uh, if there was someone here that you wanted to start, it's Pat, it's Travis Kelsey. That's it. And then I don't want any of the pass catchers. It's a, mm. it's crazy that in a Patrick Mahomes led offense, there's not a single wide receiver that you want to start in fantasy football in week 11. Yeah. No, we, yeah. We thought of Rishi Rice was coming on, but it just hasn't, he He's hasn't still really playing gotten like over 50% the, of the snaps. Not not exactly right. Not and, enough. and I thought this was interesting to point out. Justin Watson this week is a guy probably worth adding to the end of your bench. I'm not going to start him yet, but Check this out. He had 11 targets last week. That's only the third occasion this entire season that a Chiefs player had double-digit targets. The other two, of course, were Travis Kelsey. Yep. So he's the first receiver to have double-digit targets in a game it's crazy. this season. That's enough for me to add him. But, I mean, the fact that he's your feature target, and he was, what, the fourth or fifth receiver for the Buccaneers? I know. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. yes. not good. And, and yeah. you know, all offseason, we're like, are they going to add receiver? Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, right? That's an easy fit. Like, they never well, did it. To be fair, they I, paid Marquez Valdez Scantling ten million dollars, so they yeah, don't really need other started there. Unbelievable! They um, just bumbled so, that. And not to like relitigate this conversation, but last week when we were having the Josh Allen like frustrating conversation, I think honestly, like the maybe like the strongest reason why I felt like he is not frustrating is 
Patrick Mahomes, honestly. And I, I have Mahomes in the Warham League, so you care so much about that league. And he's kind of going to be one of the fulcrum players for us in terms of whether we can win this whole thing or not this year. Because we have a good roster. Um, but that's why. Is that like, you can sit there and say that, you know, I, I understand Josh's turnovers can be frustrating, but it's like relative to Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, probably not Jalen Hurts, right? Like top guys, Burrow prior to the injury, like, the waves have been so much more dramatic this year for other quarterbacks. And I think Mahomes probably is chief amongst them because not to, not to, not to bring this up one more time, but the post that I put up in the preseason when I did the, the quarterback tiers and we got tagged on Instagram mm-hmm. and like the first 900 comments were like, how could you not have Patrick Mahomes in front of Josh Allen in your fantasy quarterback rankings? Because fantasy is not reality, people. That's mm-hmm. why. And Mahomes has seen a dramatic dip, much more than I expected this year, but it has been frustrating. After this last game, are you going to move over to CJ Stroud in my side of the conversation? Or are you still here's, holding tight with Patrick Here's Mahomes? the reason why I'd say no. Okay. Is that um, like Stroud played really well last week. And he has wide receivers. Minus the turnovers, obviously. Yep. And Patrick Mahomes played poorly and got let down by his receivers and still outscores CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. There's just more avenues, right? Like just rushing upside. Just are and not there the, more avenues. There Texans are, are scoring yes. more famous or more touchdowns per game than the. Than no, Kansas but City the rushing Chiefs. just it's such a neutralizer. That rushing, mm-hmm. it's such a neutralizer. Yeah, I think it's close. You could go either way. I would probably lean toward Mahomes matchup, uh, assuming the matchup is close. But it is, it is close. It's close. It yeah. is, it's very yeah. close. Each way. By the way, for the record, Josh Allen, turn it over five times a game. I don't care. You're thirty. What thirty points ahead of the next closest quarterback? Oh, that's he's ridiculous. not frustrating at that's all. He's been awesome statement. in fantasy. That's Zero I'm, frustration I'm, there. I'm there as well. Unreal. The idea that you're like, I'm going to throw 10 points away. 10 points aren't going to help me win my fantasy. It's It's like 30. Who are you starting over Josh Allen? How is he frustrating? You guys guys are looking at the conversation wrong. Like, it's not about who he's better than. It's about the idea that, like, there are expectations when a guy leads the league in turnovers. And that's fantasy points that you lose from your bench. I'm frustrated that he doesn't, like, get better from that perspective. We got to leave this here. We we can do, let's table this for next week, right? Okay. Uh, Because. I must have missed this conversation because I'm very, I'm like. We already already went in on this. Yes, we did. We had had a very different stance on Josh Allen and him being frustrating or not, which is fine. Uh, But we'll save it for next week when Josh Allen goes into his bye. We can say, going into his bye, has he been frustrating or not? We'll talk about that on Wednesday's show next week. I want to be in on that. Yes, please do. Uh, Next Wednesday, we'll do that one. We got the Bengals here as well. (laughs) Going without Joe Burrow at quarterback, that is going to be a huge thing for this offense unfortunately how do you feel mike that this offense is going to look with jake browning under center rather well, than burrow i'll be honest with you i just want browning to do what he did in that small sample in relief of joe burrow which was a 9.2 or 9.2 average depth of throw which means he was dropping back and he was pushing the ball down the field and actually if you look at his completion percentage it doesn't look good but if you look at it adjusted for the distance downfield it does look good it looks a little above average so i don't know how good jake browning is going to be if he's going to be just you know horrific or if he's going to be just competent enough to get the guys uh, the the skill guys the football but you know I mentioned this on fantasy football now on Sunday which was uh, the scouting report on him was you know he can flourish if he has high-end talent around him and he has that in Cincinnati so maybe maybe there's something here obviously I'm nervous for Jamar Chase's ceiling and T Higgins and and all these guys but I'm going to give him a shot this week I moved everyone down a little bit but Still starters though like, for all those. Maybe guys. it's like cautious optimism yeah. that he can be a competent player. In Chase that. is the only one that I think is still a lineup block. Higgins because of his inconsistent season, plus the fact that he's injured, plus of course the Jake Browning effect. So uh, I'm going to dig deep here and look for some some optimistic tones. 
Let's start here. Um, the Bengals have thrown the ball 38.0 times per game this season. That's yeah. the fourth most in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mike often reminds us they are one of, if not the pass-heaviest team in terms of percentage of plays. Yeah, Chiefs won, Bengals two yep. in terms of adjusting for game script, pass-heaviest. Yep. And when you're that pass-heavy, I don't think it's just because of the quarterback play. I think it's in part a mindset that the play caller, in no this doubt. case Zach Taylor, yeah. sure. uh, has. So... I think they will still be inclined to throw the ball a lot. The Steelers, as we know, bottom 10 in terms of limiting opposing wide receivers. Fantasy points per game, 22.7 allowed by Pittsburgh. That's good. And the last one here, and this is probably the flimsiest tone that I have because we've seen examples like the Rams' confidence in Brett Rippon, but the Bengals had opportunities this offseason mm-hmm. to invest in a second quarterback. They had Will Greer briefly on the practice squad. They did not let him, they, they, they let him get away to go to New England to be the third quarterback as opposed to keeping him and making him their own third quarterback. They've had other opportunities to invest in a quarterback and they have said, we're good. So they see something in Jake Browning that maybe we have not yet seen. Now the Rams saw something in Brett Rippon and we've seen other teams that have gone out there with really pathetic options under center. So I'm not saying that teams always make the correct bets on their backup quarterback, but I'm hoping that the Cincinnati evaluation on Jake Browning is better than we realize. By the way, on the negative side, the Bengals, and this also applies to the Chiefs. I meant to mention it before. Chiefs and Bengals, two of the hardest remaining schedules for quarterbacks and yeah, pass offenses. Yeah, so that real. is a, something that's a concern. But that, of course, would have applied to Joe Burrow as well. That Steelers defense is no joke either. Do you think that you would start the Steelers defense and TJ Watt against this young quarterback? Is this one of those situations where it's like, given the defense and given the fact that it's Jake Browning, yeah. might be worth a shot here? I think they're good oh, yeah. enough that you just leave him in there as a starter. Yeah, yeah. like uh, I, I I would have ranked the Steelers defense much lower had Joe Burrow been starting. But Correct. with Browning, with Browning in, there, in there, I think they're startable. Yeah. On the other side of this football, the Steelers got rid of Matt Canada. That came across the wire yesterday field Mm -hmm. understanding that no Matt Canada is going to be there how do you decide what this offense is going to look like given what it's looked like the last couple weeks which has been inept yeah I mean I don't have a great so the person who's going to be calling plays seems is it Mike Sullivan is going to be calling plays or is it yeah, he's the running back caller. coach. He's Run- the play caller. Someone else is the yeah, offensive running back coach. Yeah, the offensive coordinator. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Mike Sullivan be the play caller. Don't have a, like a real great grasp on what he is as a play caller. He has done it previously. Feels like a dry uh, throw to start any of these wide receivers. Because Giants of and Bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's also um, you know just right now it seems the focus for them is going to be pounding the football. The and Cincinnati, they probably think in Pittsburgh, we're concerned about winning and we can play a comparable game to last week against Cleveland. It might be low scoring, and that's okay as long as they win. So um, I did not adjust my wide receiver rankings based off of the coordinator change, Daniel. I simply had both of these guys lower. You can't start George Pickens right now. You just can't, nope. right? Mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson, who had four targets last week, I mean, it's jarring if you go look at his game logs this year from like prior, uh, pre the last two or three weeks. It's like, oh, one of the most consistent players yeah. in fantasy now yeah. You just don't know what you're going to get. Matchup, I would consider it basically neutral right now in terms of the Bengals. So I don't have a great take on what this coordinator change means for Pittsburgh. Do you, I mean, do you have a strong take for on it? No, I, I think that you're going to see them try to feature guys like that have been making plays like George Pickens and, and Jalen Warren, but we don't know that for sure. I don't think Najee Harris is going to disappear. De- Deontay Johnson's one of the best route runners in the league. They're going to find ways to get him the ball. Pat Fryermuth is going to be involved. But look, at the end of the day, uh, what it comes down to is how good is their quarterback and and under mm. under 160 yards in four straight games. I mean, right. if he doesn't play better, well, it's not going to matter. It's any, not going to matter. Yeah. The coordinator is they anytime your uh, your head coach has to announce that you're still the starter. It tells you how sort of leaky things are right now with that Pittsburgh offense. And maybe you're right, because like with Buffalo, I'm not sure it was a dramatic shift. We'll talk more about it in just a bit. But like it felt like James Cook was the one guy that it was like. 
no matter who the new coordinator is, just give the ball to James Cook. Mm-hmm. Feels like George Pickens, and to a degree Jalen Warren, but even more like just like more of Warren because he's been playing plenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feels like George Pickens is the one guy who has just totally disappeared. Who they need to resuscitate the value. Yeah, of. you can't do that. You can't have high end talent like that and them disappear from your offense. Like we've seen that over and over again. Like what was the change with the Raiders? Like throw every pass, throw half of yeah. the passes to Devontae Adams. Yeah, like, that works, right? You see that all yeah. the time. I, I have a feeling we might see that. That gives me some optimism for Pickens even this week, but still four straight games under 10 points makes him a very risky totally. play. Yep. I know that we're not starting George Pickens. Deontay Johnson is like a low-end flex play yeah. because there's yeah. no teams on a bye this week, right? Correct. So the yeah. pool player pool is as deep as it's going to be. You're still starting probably one of these running backs. Are you starting one of these running backs or are they on the fringe? I've got Jalen Warren at running back 25, just ahead of Najee Harris. Mm -hmm. Mike, would you rather have Jalen Warren or Najee if you're going to start one this week? I I think it is close. I would lean towards Warren just because he's had 100 plus yards in three straight games. So I was kind of on the fence about that just based on the usage, the fact that Najee's generally playing more snaps and getting a little bit more in the carry department. The targets have been close, but uh, Warren's just out playing him. So I would give him a, a slight edge here. So yep. I'll go that way. But you know, I, I just, I don't want to see either as a lineup lock because Warren's still hanging around like 14 touches. Not enough game. volume. Yeah. That's not like lineup lock material. I, I, I hope that changes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm not sure it's going to, yeah. to a drastic end anyway. How about Trevor Lawrence? Last week against the Titans, we saw him score 30 fantasy points, 32 fantasy points. First time all season long, he hit 20 fantasy points in a game in week 11. Game before that, he had 2.1, by the way. So it's not like this is like a couple games that he's put together. Now he takes on the Texans. ESPN bet has this tied for the highest point total of the week. Mm -hmm. Should be a big scoring game. How are you approaching Trevor Lawrence field given all the things that he has been this year, which has not been consistent. So quarterback 11 suggests, oh wow, like that's a lot of confidence in Trevor Lawrence. Maybe he just bounced back. A little bit of context here in just a moment. Let's lay out some of the reasons why Trevor Lawrence has been a disappointment this year. He's got one game, one with 300 or more passing yards. He has eight total rushing attempts over the past three weeks. So while volume has not been great, he obviously mashed last week in which he had four goal-to-go carries, which is three more than he had in the entire season prior to that. But he's quarterback 11, which is not that great in my rankings when you consider this. Here are the quarterbacks that we don't have this week. Obviously, no Joe Burrow. You've got Tua, Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, Sam Howell, four guys who I think would be ranked either ahead or close to Trevor in normal weeks who are in awful matchups, right? Mm-hmm. Two against the Jets, Russ against the Browns, Geno against the Cowboys, and Sam Howell, uh, who they play. They're playing somebody good. Commanders take on Dallas on Thanksgiving. Thursday, yeah, yes, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I said Geno oh, against the Dallas. Cowboys. I'm sorry. Yeah, San Francisco for Geno. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, um, four quarterbacks that could easily in a different week be ahead of Trevor Lawrence. So I'm more optimistic. Part of it is the context of who also you might have to replace. Sure. Uh, so quarterback 11 feels like a right spot for him, Mike. The biggest question that I asked on Monday after the breakthrough performance was was week 11 the switch that was flipped for Trevor Lawrence because he's the number one overall pick just two years ago. Agreed, but this has been his career so far. It's just up and down. We've seen this throughout the season, and here's the thing. He had 32.2 fantasy points last week. His season average coming into the game is 13.7. This was very much an outlier, so I'm not just going to say, okay, he had one good game against Houston, or uh, who did they play last week? Who was that? They, they play Tennessee. Tennessee yeah. yeah, one good game against Tennessee. You know, we're back and, and he's QB six or something. I'm not right. there yet. Right. You know, so again, quarterback 11 seems optimistic. Yeah. But then when you realize that it could easily be quarterback 15, if those guys aren't playing like the best defenses in the NFL, then you realize, okay, 
it's not like we are totally all the way in on Trevor. By the sure. way, if I'm not mistaken, that was only his third game with more than one passing touchdown, right? And the first yeah. two were both the Colts. Right. So, yeah, so he hasn't played the Colts the or the Titans. Yeah. He's playing Houston this week. I, that so helps. Maybe I guess, he just yeah. steps it up for the division. did not play well and they played last time. They got stomped by the Texans That's earlier this year. Yeah, 14.3 right. fantasy points in week three when they played the Texans. I'm hoping that this is a high-scoring game in this one. And because of that, because of that, I'm hoping that you can use both of these Jaguars wide receivers. Oh, Although, man. given what we got out of Calvin Ridley last week, it throws more into this fire of, like, which one of these wide receivers do you want to start? Are you in on Christian Kirk? Are you in on Calvin Ridley? Mike Clay, if you're picking one, mm. and maybe you tell me it's both, or maybe you tell me it's neither. Which which Jaguars wide receiver do you like this week? I have them very close again. It's just, I mean, if you have them, you're probably starting them in your flex or wide receiver three spot. I don't know if I have a good answer here because one of them is 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 more of a higher floor player, Christian, Christian Kirk, Kirk. Yep. and Ridley's all over the place. Now we did we did suggest last week could be a boom week, and he came through in that one. We did not. Uh, you did. Uh, that was that I mentioned was that extensively on Monday. I yeah, said Mike Clay nailed it. Yes, uh, that was it was a good matchup, and and he delivered for us. I actually, had just traded for him in my family league that before going into that. So you I feel it. like whenever that happens, like the player immediately is Tanks. a dud. Yeah. Right, right. It was the opposite. It was a pleasant surprise. Good so um, good for uh, Calvin Ridley. But Take that. yeah, look, yeah. I By think time you get one, right? I think I have, yeah, I know, right? I have uh, him 26. I believe I have Kirk like 25th. There you go. Yeah, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> I guess yeah. my answer is Kirk, but I'm it is a toss up. On yeah, Kirk is pretty clearly like the safer play, the more consistent yeah. play. Like the chance of getting a 2.5 out of Christian Kirk is very low. The chance of getting a 2.5 out of Calvin Ridley is higher. Uh, you know, we posited the idea that when Zay Jones has been healthy, the numbers have been quite favorable to yep. Calvin Ridley. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of really smart people in the fantasy community have taken that idea to task and said, you guys are being pea brained and that's not, it's not as simple as that. You know what? I understand that, but can you offer me any other theory? Because there's no other theory that works right now. <laughs> All right. So like, I get it. It's probably not as simple as like, oh yeah, Zay Jones steps on the field and Calvin Ridley becomes Calvin Johnson. But every other theory that people have tossed up against the wall has not stuck. So yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I'll say this, and this is not like, I don't think you're going to have both of these guys on your roster. Probably. You probably don't have both Jaguars wide receivers, but coming out of the Thursday games, if you are down by a ton and you've got Calvin Ridley and you're looking at like, man, I need that boom week rather than a safe floor. That would be a situation in which That's I fair. would choose Calvin Ridley because we're going to have six teams playing on Thursday. You'll get an understanding and the Friday game. So you get an understanding of like, am I in a yeah, hole early? Yeah. You know, so yep. you're kind of looking at it from that perspective. Yeah, I'm curious too what Houston's secondary looks like going forward too. Remember, they didn't have Derek Stingley most of the season. Yep. He's back He's now. back. You yep. might even, uh, there's been points where he's shadowed. He struggled with injuries and effectiveness, but might be on Ridley in this game, so something to keep an eye on. Yep. All right, Dolphins running backs. Guys, we had Devon Achan go down last week. Yeah, we're yeah, tough one. Trying to figure out if we're going to get him this week. Let's say that Devon Achan plays. If he plays, Mike, mm. where are you going to have him ranked, and where will you have Ricky <laughs> Mostert? And then we'll do the opposite in case he yeah. doesn't play. I have him 23rd in my rankings, baked in a little bit more risk than we had last week yeah. okay. uh, because, of, because of the setback. Uh, look, here's the good news. He played three snaps. He had two touches. He actually took the first carry of the game over Raheem Mostert. So by all accounts, had he not, what someone landed on his leg, the same leg that was injured, it was kind of fluky, but had that not happened, you probably would have been happy that you started Devon H. And Raheem Mostert stepped in and had a massive role in that game, a season I 23 touches. So I think it's like process over results. I don't think starting him was the wrong decision last week. And if he's active for this one, I don't think it's the wrong decision either. It start You start him if he's active potentially yeah, this week. Yeah, I mean, come on. Why not? I mean, I, I get not. it. The, the strongest answer would be... 
would be, hey, he might get hurt again. Yeah, no kidding. Every player might get hurt Sure. That could happen in the first play for anybody in the entire NFL. Mm -hmm. And if Mike McDaniel comes out and says something that makes you a little bit worried, like, hey, you know, we got to be really cautious with Devon Achan, then I suspect that you would think twice about starting him. But, like, if he's going to play, by the way, they have no Savon Achman now. He's been mm-hmm. placed on IR, so he's out for a minimum of four games. Like, then he's Devon bleeping Achan. The guy had, like, 97 freaking yards in every play. He had the ball the first three true, games right? he actually it's got true. to play for them. So, I don't know. It's like, I get it. He could certainly get hurt again, and maybe he has a higher risk overall than the average running back that you're going to have in your fantasy lineup. But if the Dolphins deem him good enough to play, and we get no reporting that tells us it's going to be a very limited role, then I'm going to roll the dice on Devon Achan. If he does not play, then I feel pretty darn good about Raheem Mostert, even in a bad matchup. And I think that Jeff Wilson will probably have a bigger role than we have seen at any point this season because there is no Savon Ahmed and there will be no Devon Achan. The teams might have to promote Darrington Evans off the practice squad, a guy who's been in and out of Miami and Chicago this entire season. Mm-hmm. If if Devon Achan does not play this week, yeah. and, and as a reminder, they're playing the Jets. You said tough matchup. So this is a very tough matchup. If Devon Achan does not play this week, I'm going to have Raheem Mostert right around my RB20, right in that vicinity around where I Devon Achan is at. You yeah. think that's... I think he's startable. Yeah, the volume should be out of control, even in a bad matchup. Even in tough. Yeah, I don't... I mean, Jets have a lot, are top 10 in fantasy points to running back, so I, I don't know... Most allowed or fewest allowed? They, uh, ninth fewest allowed. Or, no, excuse me, ninth most fantasy points yeah, allowed. Yeah, because no one throws against them. Exactly, so you guys that's well right. So, but now, that's, maybe that's, Miami will tempt it a little bit, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. So, but I agree. I mean, I think if... If we remove Achan from the ranks, certainly Mostert's going up maybe in the you know RB15 or something like that. I think we'd see a lot of Jeff Wilson as well. But uh, Mostert, again, he had a season-high 23 touches last week. He was struggling there for a while, but good bet to score a touchdown. Yep. Going to see a lot of volume. They're going to have to run the ball against the Jets. So, uh, yeah, no no doubt. Lineup lock yeah. if uh, uh, Achan's out. The only thing, he, if, if Achan does sit for Raheem Mostert, he needs to get more involved in the passing game again. He's got yeah. two catches for mm-hmm. 13 yards ball, over the past yeah. four yep. games. Two for 13. And That's not enough. Not enough. Yeah. That's not enough. You had mentioned this a little earlier when we were talking about Trevor Lawrence field. Yeah. Usually it feels like Tua Tungabailoa is one of those guys that's like, I can't not start him given how much they throw the football this week yeah. against the Jets. Do you have Tua as a starter? Remember earlier in the season when it was like against good teams, don't play Tua and yeah. against bad teams do play Tua. We're back to that. Well, you decide is the, are the Jets a good defense or a bad one? Right, I mean, well, they, yeah, against they're a good defense, one. they're a yeah. bad team. Right. So, like, no, that's they're, they're a great defense, and <laughs> we saw this last week against Las Vegas. We told you it was a pretty good defense in terms of limiting opposing quarterbacks. The Chiefs, prior to that, did a really good job against Tua. Yeah, I, think I would be fading Tua this weekend because the Jets, even in their worst moment, like last week, obviously was a tough go of it against the Bills. But like, I, I don't know, man. I just, I think I'd. Not to bring back Josh Allen one more time, but like Josh is a different beast. Right? He's a different beast. And by the way, one of those touchdowns from Josh Allen was an 81-yard catch by Khalil Shakur that was not like a 50-yard catch down the field with 30 yards after the catch. That was like a intermediate route that he just took to the house. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, those still count, obviously. But I think this Jets defense is good enough that I would be fading Tua. He is quarterback 15 for me this week. Yeah, I agree. By the way, uh, first six games for Tua, uh, three top two finishes, right? Yeah. So he was boom bust, but he had a lot of big games. In in uh, four games since that point, his finishes are 22nd, 9th, 15th, and 12th. Wow. So it doesn't really matter what the matchup is. Over yeah. the last month, he hasn't been good anyway. Now you're telling me he's facing the Jets, the second lowest yards per pass attempt to quarterbacks? Mm-mm. All right, so you're benching Tua this week, Mike. You're also probably benching Tyreek Hill then, right? Obviously. Yes. In, in my, in my, uh, I'm actually just curious. Team league league. Where we yeah. start one receiver, <laughs> and I have, uh, who's Keenan our uh, CD Lamb? Oh, CD Lamb. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, in that one, yes. Otherwise, yeah. you're not benching Tyreek. I mean, this would be like the week where you don't pay ever. up for Tyreek Hill and Daily. That's, That's my take. Exactly, exactly right. That's yeah. what there you at. go. Yeah. I do want to say this quickly. We don't have the Jets on here, but I want to throw this out there. Jets are not going to have Zach Wilson under center. They're going to have Tim Boyle. Upgrade or downgrade? It's an upgrade. Absolutely. Can I tell you, you sure why? about that? I think so. Can I tell you why? Okay. You can tell me that you disagree with me. That's fine. I don't mind this. 2021. Yeah. I watched Tim Boyle came in for my Detroit Lions. Yeah. Week 16 and 17. He locked on to Amon Ross St. Brown. Ooh. That was the Amon Ross St. Brown breakout four game. Ooh. In week 16 and 17, Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver three. Ooh, I like that. He knows how to be able to get the ball to the guy that you need to get it to in that offense. I'm not saying it's the same offense. I'm not saying that he's going to rescue the Jets. I think there's at least a little glimmer of optimism based on what I have seen in the past of a guy being able to find the guy in the offense to get him a football. So I'm, I'm a little bit optimistic because of Tim Man, Boyle. I hope you're right. Uh, did you know that there will be two quarterbacks from Xavier High School in Middletown, Connecticut, starting this upcoming weekend. Oh, no way. Shut up. Will Levis Will and, and Tim Boyle. Shut up. Tim Boyle, who went to UConn and finished up at uh, Western or Eastern Michigan, and uh, the great smart football, Chris Brown, if you haven't read his book, it's pretty much like the intro to how to learn about football. It's tremendous. Did point out that uh, Tim Boyle has never had a season in his college or pro career in which he finished with more passing touchdowns and interceptions. No way. Yikes. And it wasn't like he played at a bunch of powerhouses, right? Yikes. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I hope that you are correct, Daniel. I don't care if he throws interceptions. Those don't go against Garrett Wilson. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not yeah. starting Tim Boyle. I just want Garrett Wilson to get the volume. All right, yeah. let's move ahead. I hope you're right. Yep. Let's I hope talk you're right about too, the yeah. Eagles and the ball, uh, Buffalo Bills. Excuse yeah, let's me. Go. Field. Are you going to bench James Cook against uh, this Eagles defense after what he did last week? All right, well, uh, here's the scary part. It's the Eagles, right? Who, by far, up until last week, have been the best run defense in the NFL. So I think people are probably going to say, I watched that game on Monday night where the Chiefs couldn't connect down the field with their receivers, mm-hmm. but they could run the heck out of the ball. And yet, and yet, where are the Eagles in terms of fantasy points per game allowed to running backs this season? A paltry 7.7, by far the best in the NFL. So if you're going to play James Cook, it, the optimistic take would be, well, he did have a had 17 carries last week. That was tied for his season high. Yep. He did have a designed goal line target. Got like that play last week yeah. was uh, you know sort of a three-by-one set where they, the three receivers just run that way to get the defense flowing. Clear to, it all out. Yep. yep. And then James Cook is wide open in the end, or two-yard line for a touchdown. That was good. Um but this defense is nasty. Like you're gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna require another touchdown for a guy that has three in eleven games this season for him to pay off. Yeah, and the Eagles have only allowed two. So let me ask you a question: If you start James Cook, how many points do you need to feel happy? Uh, I would say twelve. Uh, that's exactly 12. what I was gonna that, say. That's a fair number. So do you know how many uh, running backs have reached fifteen against the Eagles this season? I'm gonna go with three. Uh, one. One. And it was a guy who the Eagles allowed to score a touchdown on purpose. Of course. Shut Brees Hall, right? Yeah. He's the only guy to get to 15. And they That's gave amazing. him, they intentionally let him score a touchdown. That was, so. that was seven points right there because yes. six so, for the touchdown plus the eight or nine yards for the run. So the question is, if you start him, do you think Cook's going to be have the best game against the Eagles among running backs the entire season? That's what you're hoping. That's what you're counting on. So just something it's a great to think point, about. It's a great point. I, I, yeah. I hear you. I still have him ranked as a flex, but yeah. very, so he's much very lower high potential. And, this and, by, yeah. and I'll say this too. He did have 20 touches last week. Did uh, James Cook that he, he had a game of 20 touches earlier this season, week two, and then he kind of went back down the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like this is like, all right, new coordinator. We're going to feature him. We don't know that for sure yet. This yeah. is one game and we have seen him use like that before. So 
Uh, I'm slowing my roll just a little bit, but cautious. Slow your going roll. Yeah. Outside the top 25 for a reason. And yeah, this week, right. again, yeah. I'm going to remind everybody, no teams on a bye, which means the player pool is as deep as it gets. That's why some of these guys are a little bit Other than week ratings. one. when I Well, then I guess in week one, I also thought guys were good that weren't actually weren't good. good at football. We didn't know if they were good yet. <laughs> so now we not only know if they're good at football or not, like but they're makers. also all playing. So, yeah, so. baby. Crank them up. Uh, all right, Mike, I got a question for you. You're a projections guy here. Mark Andrews, unfortunately, went down. We have lost him. Oh, man. We're going to have both Isaiah Likely and maybe someone else within this receiving core. How are you taking the Mark Andrews targets and splitting them up amongst these Ravens wide receivers and Isaiah Likely at tight end? Yeah, well, I mean, it's good. Odell Beckham has come on a little bit because I distributed some to him and they've been rotating four receivers so they can use them guys. Uh, But you know, saying I'm the projection guy and then asking me about Isaiah likely is, is not fair. Not because fair. Which, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, again, we've talked, we talked about this Harder Sunday. Project, Isaiah now. likely or Taysom Hill. Uh, uh, Isaiah likely at this point, pro- probably because it's one or the other perhaps yeah. with likely. So uh, we, again, we talked about this Sunday, but you look at week one when Andrews was out 71% of the snaps for likely. So he mm-hmm. was their number one tight end, one catch for four yards. Thursday night, Andrews went out early on in that game. Uh, 73% of the snaps. He was second on the team with 26 pass routes. This is all good. Two targets, no catches. But then you look to last season, three games where he played over half of the snaps. Around midseason, he had 12 total targets and a touchdown in both games. So he was good, good starting caliber fantasy tight end. And then then when they rested all the starters in uh, week 18, he had 13 targets, eight catches, and 103 yards. Great matchup against the Chargers. They're most fantasy points to tight ends. But it's like, which one is it? Is it going to be likely kind of fills in for Andrews, not to his level, but enough to be a tight end one like we saw last year. Or is it going to be, look, we don't need to utilize him. He's going to run some routes. Uh, Charlie Kolar is another young tight end they can utilize. And then we're going to feature all the receive the better wide receivers than we had last year in the passing game. So I kind of met in the middle and I ranked him as a good tight end too. And we'll see how this week goes. So if that's a good tight end too, I just want to project off of that. Coming off of that, do you still... Field, would you have Zay Flowers and OBJ as starters this week with that potential extra volume that they're going to get? Or not uh, Zay enough? Flowers is, is closer to a starter in my rankings. Odell Beckham Jr., the best way I can characterize it is Odell Beckham Jr. is trending up. As Mike just mentioned, it's a great matchup yep. for Isaiah Likely, which means it, of course, is a great matchup for Odell Beckham sure Jr. Is. He has a 40-plus yard catch in each of his past two games. So some of that explosiveness that we knew pre-injury, I think, yep. is closer to being back. Over his past five games, he has seven targets three times. The problem is sandwiched in between those games is a three-target game and a, I'm sorry, a two-target game and a four-target game. So up and down, up and down. So I think he is a worthwhile consideration to be added. I don't, actually, you know what, OBJ, just because of name value, is probably not available in that many leagues. I'm looking right now. Uh, But yes, I think he is a worthwhile player to be added and, 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 currently uh, relegated to a bench role, but what do you got? He is available in 49.7%. So I think he's a worthwhile add and stash right now, but the inconsistency, the fact that like this has kind of been the thing with OBJ for like, I don't know, four straight seasons. Now you don't know exactly what you're going to get week in and week out. I think you have more secure options in a week in which all 32 teams are playing. Yep, I That's agree. Right. And uh, his snap shares the last two weeks, 30% and 33%. So he's That's, not on he's the like field a designed lot. pass catcher. 100%. That's it. If a guy has a 30%, you're saying a 30% target share? What did you snap. say? Snap share. Snap okay. share. So right. teams should so know not when OBJ's on the, on the field, they're throwing the ball. Yes, yes. 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 exactly. Yeah. All right, got to add him at least on the end of your roster. 
couple updates here on the Saints. Michael Thomas went to the IR with a knee injury that he suffered against the Vikings. Okay. And Daryl Henderson has been waived as a part of this team. So now we're looking at a couple different guys in this offense. Uh, uh, those are, yeah. Henderson, not part of the Saints, but also waived. Yeah, just yeah. kind of injury I'm sorry. news. Yes. Yeah. That's injury all updates. of our injury yeah. news buckle, uh, yeah. in one sentence. In, yes. in one sentence <laughs> yeah. right there. Uh, so with Thomas heading to IR, I think there's one wide receiver that I'm looking at that I might be having a little bit of excitement in. Not ready for season long, but okay. I want to know if you guys are ready. It's Callaway. Kirkwood. Oh, look at both of you guys. Rashid Shahid obviously is the guy. He's the deep threat. He's the guy that everyone yeah. has been excited about. Every once in a while, he has these boom games, but yeah. he hasn't had enough volume in this offense to feel like we can use him on a consistent basis. Now with Mike Thomas not being here, Mike, do you think that Rashid Shahid is going to get enough volume? Yeah, I do. I have him uh, 40th in my ranking, so certainly a flex option. Yeah. Again, 40th with uh, every team playing, every team playing. Is, uh, is a pretty generous ranking for a guy that's been very boom bust. But without Thomas, uh, look, last week, it was actually A.T. Perry, the rookie who replaced uh. Michael Thomas in the game, but only two for 30 and a touchdown in that game on four targets. But Shahid had seven targets in, uh, excuse me, a career high nine targets nine, in yes. this game, yeah, actually. Yeah. Uh, only 24 yards. I get it, but he does have three games with 18 plus points this year. So we've seen the boom from Rashid Shahid with the added volume and the upside we've seen from him, no doubt. I think he's a viable flex. You know, what's interesting is he had those nine targets, which Mike mentioned is a career high. Yep. He also averaged 4.8 yards per catch. Again, he's only a year and a half into his career. That's his lowest ever in a game. Mm -hmm. So it out. was like you got all this extra volume with all with all with the, the the upside just being totally you know evaporating because of maybe the fact that those targets were just like different types of targets than he's normally accustomed to. Um, I got to figure we get some Weber State alums out there that listen to this show. That's of course where Shahid Rahid, Rashid Shahid went to college. Also the college of Damian Lillard. So talk about some star power from Is a small a, school in Utah Weber State. Yeah. Utah. I guess I thought I'm, it was I'm Weber sold. State. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is it? I, I thought it was know. Weber. I'm sure it I called probably it is Weber. I'm probably the one that's wrong. I could be wrong. I mean, I don't, I don't know. know how people. Very well. I, I said that thing like we probably have some listeners from said college. We'll and find they, out what it's called. I'll say they're probably going to be mad if they hear <laughs> one of us incorrectly pronounce it. Do you pronounce him Rashid Shahed? <laughs> Stop. No. Is that, is that how you that's say not that? How you do no. It. no. <laughs> no. You can try. Um, no. Uh, by the way, I'm trying to. I'm still trying to figure out how good Shahid is. Like, is he just blocked by? Alave and Thomas, or is this like, is it like Nate Washington or yeah, is he going to be yeah. a superstar? Like he's a tough one to figure out because sometimes he flashes and you're like, mm -hmm. what? I mean, like the, the speed is, is yeah. one of the, I don't know. He's got to be one of the top 12, 15 fastest yeah. guy in the NFL, right? Sure. But some of those guys just settle in as situational oh, number three. Totally. You know? yeah. So we'll see. Other side of this injury news. Now it makes sense. Daryl Henderson obviously has been waived because Kyron Williams coming back from IR there feels Kyron Williams yeah. through the first six weeks of the season. He was running back six on a per game basis. I did not call that. I yeah. don't know very many people that did call Kyron Shefty? Williams being that good. Adam Maybe Schefter. Adam Schefter. Yeah. Before last season. Yeah. He nailed that one. He was yeah. a full year and a half yeah. out of that take. Yeah, That's good right Is there. Is he going to be back to that level here in week 12 for you in your rankings? Well, he's going to be close for a couple of reasons. Um, Sean McVay talked about how like they've really missed Kyron Williams mm, over the past four games, which yeah. I think is pretty obvious when you watch this team. I would not be surprised, by the way, if Henderson is re-added to the practice squad, assuming he clears waivers uh, later on today, perhaps even elevated as soon as this Sunday as the backup to Kyron Williams. Uh, the only thing about Kyron Williams that makes me a little bit nervous going into this game is not the matchup. Arizona has been very generous to oppose running backs it was that mm -hmm. towards the end of kyron williams run of dominance he was not nearly as involved in the passing game as he was early on in the season sure. i don't know if that was because of cooper cup's return or what it was uh, but kyron williams was very very volume dependent in the rushing department 
he kept paying off with touchdowns. Um, but that's the kind of thing that the Mike Clay notes would probably not always be sustainable. Yeah, but still I, uh, good enough to have him as a starter. I agree. I a part of why I have him ranked 17th is I I have his carries scaled back a little bit in his first game back Makes sense. with Royce Freeman there. Uh, target share though not very high. Yeah, projected. Uh, I'm with you, and, and in a good matchup against Arizona. But I'll tell you what, I had him lower. I was going to play a little conservative this week. Yeah. They have Henderson, they have Freeman, but when they cut free, when they cut Henderson, it was like you have Royce Freeman. And then you have Zach Evans, who they don't want to touch the ball at all. So mm-hmm. that's it. I mean, it's going to be Kyron Williams and Royce Freeman. And may, I don't know. Maybe Henderson does get added to the practice squad and then activated for this game. And and they do. I'm sort of anticipating that. The reason why you cut a guy on Tuesday is when a guy's on the roster at 4 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday of the week, he receives his full paycheck for that week. So if you go from the active roster to the practice squad, it's a much lower number. And the Rams... As has been the case, like forever are tight on cap space right now. So those extra, you know, 50, mm-hmm. 60 K per week does make a difference. Um, but that's way too inside football for anybody that's, to actually care about. No, that's super fascinating. Actually, I'm more interested in that because now you're talking about like numbers and how players are involved. Yeah, they, in you'll stuff. notice the number of players waived on Tuesday each week is generally higher than the rest of the week. Like if you if you think you're going to cut the guy at some point during the week, fair. yeah, you do it now. These rich billionaire um, owners are having a hard I time. Know. being Makes able me to laugh, sympathizing well, with yeah, their money. They, they, uh, it is confirmed as Weber State, by the way. Weber State. Yeah, right. Keith, who knows everything about college Not sports, Keith, of course. knows he probably is watching. Did yeah, Keith? The yeah. birthday boy. Happy birthday. It's his Keith birthday. Lipscomb. Yes, sir. Happy birthday, Keith. Happy Let's birthday, go. Keith. Let's go. All right. He, was tuning in. he was tuning in waiting for that. And there it is. Wow. It, I did. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a dummy for not knowing that Keith. I was going to save it for the end, but one okay. of the great fantasy football players ever. I love Keith. Mm-hmm. Everything Keith touches turns to gold. It's been a long time. If you are watching this show and you've been watching it for the last year or two, you didn't get to know Keith Lipscomb the way that we did. He's been a part of Fantasy Focus basically since the beginning. Yeah, as since far before as any of us, that's yes. for sure. Yeah. So uh, not cool, Keith. We love him so much. Love I don't like that buddy. nickname, though, because he's cool. He is a cool guy. Hey, Although, you know what? Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm going to let it slide. I'm going to be nice today. I'm going to be cool, nice to Keith. Keith. I'm going to save my meanness for Mike. Oh, okay. Yeah, smart play that's, always. Yeah. Uh, Keith, riding high right now is Brownies, 7-3. and three. His Cavs, yeah. the big win last night. Mike didn't watch the game, but they played the Sixers. What's that sport? It's dodgeball. Dodgeball. I was doing IDP projections all night, and that is true. Actually. <laughs> that is actually that true. Is yes, is, yeah. I know. Yeah. All right. We got a couple of Thanksgiving Day games we're going to dive into as well. Make sure you're all set up for that. But first, Field Yates. Do you smell that? That's the scent of fresh turf and freshly cracked mm, Dr. Pepper, which yeah. can only mean one thing. It's college football season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So block off your Saturdays and swipe a sweet DP from the mini fridge because there's a new season of high kicks, long throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry you all the way to the West Coast games in Ohio. That's right. The fans are back. And this year, things are heating up. We're talking more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink in all the drama this season with the help of the most delicious college football tradition there is. Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Home, auto, prize sports memorabilia. Yep. Keith Lipscomb, whatever you need to protect, Geico can help get you covered. And with the award-winning Geico mobile app, you can get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access. It's easy to Geico. Go to geico.com today. Keith is a national treasure. We do need insurance yeah. for him, Field. Hey, level up your game day with Vivid Seats and get great tickets to the biggest games of the year. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and an annual birthday discount and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with the code FFF. That's code FFF. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. 
All right, talking Thanksgiving Day games. Yeah. First one up is Lions at Packers. I'm just going to say this quickly. Okay. Lineup blocks for the Lions games are going to be Jameer Gibbs, David okay. Montgomery, mm-hmm. Amon Ross St. Brown, mm-hmm. and Sam Laporta, even yeah. though he struggled. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amon Ra, even without Tim Boyle, still alive. Even without Tim, <laughs> yes. still alive. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Laporta, yeah, just a couple duds in a row, but still a big part still of the Yeah, I'm with you. Yep. When you look at the Packers. No, thanks. Okay. And that's sort of where we're at. <laughs> you know what we are? You know we are? A.J. Dillon is the green bee casserole of players you can play in fantasy. Don't want it. Complete, like, man. Does anybody, you, you like green no, bee casserole? Call. No. What is the call. point of it on Thanksgiving spreads? I don't know. I'm not touching it. Thank you. Are you touching A.J. Dillon in your lineups this week? Uh, I mean, I have him 29th, so probably not. Yeah, probably not. Right? Flex yeah. Option. Yeah, he just had, even when Aaron Jones has been out, he has not delivered the, the good stats? this season. You want the stats? Yeah, I have him, but go ahead. You do seven, it. Oh, no, seven games in his career without Aaron Dillon. Aaron Jones, excuse me. A.J. Dillon. Seven games. Okay. Seven you ready games. for this? Okay. Seven games he has turned into 81 total carries mm-hmm. for 312 rushing yards. That's mm-hmm. under four yards per carry mm-hmm. and a robust one rushing touchdown. Meanwhile, he's turned nine catches on 10 targets. That's about a one per game, a little over one per game, mm-hmm. for 72 yards mm-hmm. and zero touchdowns. Seven games with one touchdown and what should be an outstanding role because it's not just Aaron Jones, but Emmanuel Wilson Correct, also yeah. now back, uh, banged up. He's not going to play. I mean, they're re-signing Patrick Taylor off of a practice squad somewhere. It mm-hmm. is as thin as it could possibly be, and yet... I still don't feel good about starting AJ Dillon. I'm, I'm with you. He could play 85% of the snaps in this game and he probably be a will. disappointment in fantasy. I'm with you. They're playing the Lions as well. Fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs and the third lowest yards per carry. So yep. I, this is going to be tough. I mean, you might be looking, if this pans out, you're kind of looking for one of them Brian Robinson lines from the last couple of weeks where he doesn't do a lot as a rusher, but somehow as a long catch or something. But here's the thing. Yeah, that Gus I, Edwards play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's a good call. Uh, Dylan has not his best fantasy outing this season is thirteen point six points. So, with or without Jones, he has not delivered. So, yeah. it's, who do you got to lead the Packers in rushing yards on Thursday? Jordan Love, AJ Dylan, oh, or Jaden Reed. I'll say Dylan, but that's a good call. Three carries last week. 46 Three. yards and a touchdown for Jaden Reed. I would still take Jordan Love and his six carries over uh, the 13 <laughs> that A.J. Dylan is going to get. Yeah, um, we're out on that one. And, and and we honestly, I don't want to like belabor the point. We're, I'm out on all these Packers wide receivers. How I don't Reed? So how about this? I tweeted this the other day. I'll give you a, an interesting stat okay. if you want to convince yourself not to touch them. Okay. Over the last three games, the yep. Packers target leaders are as follows. Romeo Dobbs, 14. Luke Musgrave, who might miss this game, by the way, 14. Yep. Probably gonna is going to miss, gonna miss yeah. the game. Yep. Jaden Reed, 14. So it's all 14 so far. Okay. Aaron Jones, 14. Oh, Christian Watson, 13. Dontavian Wicks, 13. Yeah. So oh that gosh. is how many? One, two, three, four, five, six guys in the 13 to 14 range. Their offense right now is not what I hoped, which is force feed to Christian Watson. It's spread it around to everyone. Yep. It seems to be working a little bit for them as of late. So uh, I don't think that's going to change. Now, what could change, though, is Wicks is questionable. Musgrave is not going to play. Perhaps more targets for the wide receivers here, which adds a little value, but I would say best your, your best option is probably Watson, and he's a 12-team league flex option at best. So that's uh, what time is the game on? Is it noon? They're 12, always the early game, right? 12.30. Okay, yep. so that's also the first game you have to make a decision on, so that complicates matters a bit as well. Mm-hmm. I also do Thanksgiving differently than probably you guys do. My entire life, we do Thanksgiving lunch. Like, you do your Thanksgiving in the morning, everything right. is ready, because you sit down to watch the Lions game with your plate. We don't right. do, like, Thanksgiving dinner. I think a lot of families do more like that style of thing. Um, so, like, for me, it's like you get food up front at noon and football, and mm-hmm. then a second helping of food, and then cowboys, and right. then a dessert helping of food, and right. then 
the bills. And I think right. I do it right. Yeah. I just want to say that. So if you're not doing Thanksgiving lunch and right. you're waiting until Thanksgiving dinner, I'm just saying, like, maybe think about your decision making. I do gotcha. like late dinner. Mine's like two. Two? two That's o'clock. not too bad. Yeah. Two's not too bad. So I'm kind of with you. I'm Usually it's like 9.30 or 10, first Miller Light. <laughs> and keep that going <laughs> so until is. about four. <laughs> yeah. And then dinner. During then the dinner. Cowboys game. That's yeah. fair. That makes sense. All right. It's a good balance. Uh, it is a good balance. Yeah. It is what nice you, balance. Like carbo load. Uh, we can, uh, you can make your own uh, your own game plan this year for Friday because we have 3 p.m. Friday PM game. game. Yes, we do. First black Friday Chef's game. Kiss. Interesting. Yeah, I know. Can't wait. about that. That's going to be a lot of fun. I think. We just talked about A.J. Dillon. Didn't really want to start him if we didn't have to. What about Brian Robinson right now taking mm. on the Cowboys? Because yeah. we like what Brian's done the last couple of games, but this is a tough defense, Mike. Yeah, so it comes down to, I think, Antonio Gibson. Gibson playing Ooh, or not. By the yeah. way, he had, I think, his best game ever on Thanksgiving. Didn't he did. He like a four-touchdown yeah. game yeah. a few years Antonio ago. Antonio Gibson did? Yeah. yeah he had, he, man, his career, like, he felt like he kind of underwhelmed, but he had two, like, really big seasons. He's he's still a thing, yeah. I'm telling you right now, in six years, he's going to be Cordero Patterson. He's going to have, like, a breakout year in year As 10, and we're going to be like, like, a bad oh, call, actually. Yeah. I mean, but he, that's what I'm saying. He like low key was, was he like RB seven, like his second year? He, he had, a, yeah, I mean, but it was yeah. like, uh, it was like terrible for the first, like nine or 10 games yes, and then correct. finished strong. Yes, so it didn't right. really actually help anybody to draft. That's him. a good call. <laughs> that, yeah. Cause yeah. I drafted him a lot. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, he was that year's <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. Remember he's going to be the next. Uh, stop. Yeah, we, don't we don't need that. We don't need that. But anyway, I think, uh, it's going to come down to whether or not Gibson plays. He's been limited at practice. So there's a chance Gibson plays in this and that's going to eliminate a chunk at least of Robinson's pass catching. And that's concern because we talked about this last week. Robinson had career uh, career high marks in targets and receptions in week 10. And then he upped both of them last week with nine targets and seven catches. Of course, Antonio Gibson did not play in that game. Robinson under 75 rushing yards in nine straight games, but he has 130 plus scrimmage yards in back-to-back because of that receiving. So that's my concern. You know, he scores touchdowns. That's good. But uh, it's where I rank him, which Ray Nacy me at 28. That is with Gibson in there. If yep. Gibson's not in, I'm going to do what I did last week, which is move Robinson all, all the way, way up to the top 10, yeah. which is where we had him ranked last week. So we have to keep an eye on his status leading into Thursday's game. Who else got touches in the backfield other than Brian Robinson and Rodriguez? Chris Rodriguez. Chris Rodriguez. It was just yeah. those two. It. Yep, yeah, it. so it is a very... A funnel. Sh- yep. Yeah, that's... If there is no uh, Antonio Gibson, it's Robinson is the feature back, pass catching back, rushing back, goal yep. line back, all of it, if Gibson's not there. But he's like, he's good at pass catching. Like, yes. it's not like this is something he's doing because there's no other option. Like, he's very natural doing this as well impressive yep. yeah all right so robinson is at least usable are you thinking about using any of the other commanders in this game field against the dallas cowboys defense that's gonna be a no for me dog i mean yeah, i would not be. like to i mean i would not prefer to terry yeah, mclaurin yeah, yes right to. like mclaurin Correct. i would you know he's still gonna be in my top 30 but mm-hmm. uh you know what what do we say on, on monday terry mclaurin going five for 43 was the most terry mclaurin's fantasy line ever it's mm-hmm. unfortunately right now that's yeah. where it's at what and, it is right yeah. and john dotson disappears when curtis samuel plays yep. so. and samuel expected to play on mm-hmm. thursday so yeesh yeesh on the other yeesh. side really quickly just yeah. to make sure we mention it you're starting Dak prescott you're starting tony pollard you're starting cd lamb you're starting jake ferguson you sure about lamb yeah Okay. Yeah. I thought <laughs> about it for a minute. A wide receiver one. I thought about it for a minute. Yes. I mean, there was a point a month into the season where like, I mean, we were still starting them, but we were like, this is not going great. This is not what I was thinking <laughs> really? about. Yeah. And now it's the complete opposite. What a, what a season. All right. We got one guy here that I'm really excited about in this late game. It is Zach Charbonnet. Obviously, Ken Walker, the third, went down with an oblique Ooh. injury. Not going to play in this one. And so we're going to see some Zach Charbonnet, what he did in that uh, last week's game. 21 touches after Ken Walker went down. That included six receptions. Love to see that kind of passing game work field. Even though it is a tough 49ers defense, I still have him as a top 20 running back. I think you could have grabbed him right off of waivers, put him right in your starting lineup. And that's what you're hoping for, by the way. You're hoping for that passing game utilization because 
How many rushing attempts per game to opposing running backs to the 49ers allow this season? Not a lot. 15.3, by yeah. far the fewest in wow. the NFL. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to find a whole lot of work on the ground. Why? Because they're usually bludgeoning teams, as we yeah. know. They went through that mini skid where they scored 17 straight points. Sorry, 17 points in three straight games. Other than that, up over 30 points in every game. I mean, this mm-hmm. team has been a freight train for seven out of its 10 games. If you expect that freight train to stop on Thanksgiving, then Charbonnet might run the football 20 times. If you don't, and I don't, he might run the ball 12 times, but he also might see seven targets. That's yep. exactly right. Yeah. Exactly what I was going to say. They've actually, the Niners, as dominant as they are defensively, have allowed the 10th fewest fantasy points to running backs, which are like, well, that's not like unreal, but yeah. it's like no rushing. No rushing. And it's all, all receiving. It's all yep. receiving for running backs. So I'm with you. That's what you need. Uh, you need him to play 80% of the snaps and get a, a bunch of targets in the passing 18, game. 19, and 20 are each of our ranks for Zach Charbonnet this week. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, Ken Walker, the third, leads the NFL and carries inside the five, too. So good opportunity. Oh, wow. Charbonnet yep. stepping into that role now, too. Maybe he does steal a touchdown as well. Really quickly for the rest of this game, you got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Are you starting both of them against this 49ers? Yeah, assuming Metcalf plays. Yeah. Metcalf I'm starting, and Tyler Lockett is a little bit farther down from me. From Keep me. in mind that Geno's banged up. That that part makes me nervous. It's like mm-hmm. Geno Smith being banged up, and like that elbow injury obviously was a thing. He came back in for the final drive last week and nearly led them to victory, yeah. but it does make me a little bit nervous. Little I'm nervous not going to lie. That. And the fact that DK, like, Neither one of those guys has been consistent this season. No, they haven't. It's weird how, like, the year in which none of us thought they would be good, they were awesome. And then the year in which we were like, okay, like, we no longer have to worry about Geno Smith and what it means for Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. They've been, like, so up and down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantasy football is a fun thing to analyze, isn't it? It is very fun to analyze. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Quickly on the other side. You got all the obvious guys, CMC, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and even Brock Purdy. I've oh, got him as a Brock top Purdy. 10 quarterback this week. I think he's been a streamer for us basically up until the last little bit, and he's sort of made his way into that top 10 as far as I'm concerned, Mike. Yeah, he looks good in the rest of the season projections too. He does, he's yeah. He's a starter uh, quite often going forward. This offense is humming, and there's not many offenses you could say that about. Uh, scoring is down big time across the league this yep. year, so there's a team that's that things are working. You got to invest in that offense. We previously coined the term a 49er from when a player was like so up or down, but there was no rhyme or reason to it. You just kind of played him. We need the same. We need a different term for when a player is just playing so well in a way that's like not totally outlandish. Like when Gabe Davis would have like three targets per game, but would turn it into a touchdown for five weeks straight. Yep. So like a thing that was happening, like he was playing really well and it was like, reasonably sustainable that you just have to play him because like vibes are good. Cause that's where Brock Purdy is, right? Like I'm not saying he's a guarantee to go off for 25 points every single week, but it's got a chance. He's playing way too well for me to bench him. Yeah. A lot of 20 point games. This yeah. Year. yeah. Reminds me of when I did the fantasy baseball podcast with Eric Carabella and Tristan Cockroft. Shout out to Eric and Tristan. Cause I love yes, two guys. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah. Uh, but Tristan would always talk about if there was still juice in the orange, like, is there still juice in that Brock Purdy orange to be able to Ooh, squeeze in right now? Yeah. As long as you're getting it, you kind of keep riding it. Right. I can, I can't imagine not riding it. So Mike, I, you're the pragmatic one around here. Would no, you I ride agree. it? But I think it's, I think on FF now, I said he has like three or four 20 plus point games. And that was before last week. So, yeah, he's had enough good games. He's doing a little bit with his legs. It's kind of just like just enough to keep him in that top 10 every week. And the offense, of course, again, is one of the few that every week is scoring a lot of touchdowns. Juice in the orange. I like that. I'm stealing that, by the way, Tristan. That's a good one. That's a good one. That is a good one. All right. I want to ask you guys a couple of Thanksgiving things. Do you mind? I'm sort of done with football. I would be honored if you asked me Thanksgiving stuff. This is the important stuff. I want to know from a fantasy perspective, who is the, like, what is the fantasy storyline that you are thankful for this year? What's the player you're thankful Uh, for? What's the thing that's happened? Second? 
Yeah, I mean, second. I was just talking about like offenses that are are delivering this yeah. year, right? And there's one that's the biggest surprise of all with a rookie quarterback, the Houston Texans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fantasy gold this season. And for a while, we weren't getting anything out of the running back position. And now we're getting like the, what the second or does he have the most touches in the league over the last two weeks? Devin Singletary. He's got to be very close. close. Yeah. Him. I think he's, he's top five in fantasy points. So he's been awesome. But CJ Stroud, thankful for him. I mean, again, all the quarterback injuries, the underwhelming players. He's been he's been awesome this year. I uh, mentioned Singletary, a bunch of receiver. We've had yeah. fantasy goodness from all these guys. Tank Dell, what a find by them uh, as a rookie this year. Nico Collins, breakout season and year, I believe it's three for him. Uh, obviously, we've had our, our share of Noah Brown, big games. And, of course, Dalton Schultz, after that slow, slow start, has been a tight end one. So I'm thankful for the D'Amico Ryans and these Houston Texans. Amen. Awesome. Well said there. Uh, I'm thankful for the government that at one point moved back the age in which you collect Social Security from 30 to, I think it's 65 now. <laughs> because otherwise, Keenan Allen would have retired. Well, that's Mike, what it was. You know, I Mike obviously we retired. No, he's a and, slot receiver. He's okay, man. Okay, all right, never mind. Uh, so thank you to the government. Uh, not to get political, but yes, thank you to thank the government. Uh, yes. And so Keenan Allen's what I'm thankful for this year. I mean, the guy is unfreaking believable. To yeah. be doing this at this age is just remarkable. He's now probably what? If you were to start a lineup every single week with a receiver, he's got to be easily in the top five, oh, no, maybe top way. two, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. Tyree Kill, C.D. Lamb, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown. I mean, that's the caliber of player that he has become this season. Career he's staying healthy, yeah. career high. He's, <laughs> he's projecting for a career high in receiving touchdowns. He's pretty much across the board. They've got nobody else healthy. Uh, tough matchup this week against the Ravens. I still don't care. I'm playing them every single week and feeling great about it. So I'm thankful for you, Keenan Allen. Um, don't ever retire. Don't listen ever. to Mike. Don't ever retire. Yeah. Do you guys oh, want to hear you're, mine? You're yeah, right. please. What are you thankful for? Right I guess. Time, but. <laughs> it's going to be something nasty and rude about it's me. Not, it's, it's not about you. Know, you know, Daniel. Nope. nope. I'm coming after field in this one. I'm very thankful oh. that Brandon Ayuk has been the wide receiver that he has been. We have a board bet. I said do. earlier this year, I, yes, when we were talking preseason, and I said, I would rather have Brandon Ayuk at cost than Debo Samuel. And you were like, you are crazy. Okay. We have a top 20 board bet. Will Debo Samuel be top 20 or not? Right now, Brandon Ayuk, who I loved, wide receiver 12. Ooh. Debo Samuel, wide receiver 31. So I have been Is that thrilled. points per game or is that total points? Points per game. Ooh, I got to get going there. So we're in a spot where like Brandon Ayuk has been a guy within this offense. I have I been thrilled with like he was a late round investment for me and he has been unbelievable here within these 49ers. So you between him and David Montgomery, that was one of the other guys, but that's like tough because I'm a Lions fan. Right. right. I'm wow, thankful we're... that uh, you got, you just gave uh, Debo Samuel the motivation, motivation he needs to succeed the rest of the I'm, year. I'm thankful uh, that uh, Daniel came into the segment just to be humble in this holiday. Season. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Here's why I'm great. Okay. Yes, yeah. I'm thankful for uh, me. I'm thankful like Freddie Mitchell. I'm thankful for for my hands. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what you just did. Was that uh, Carmelo Anthony at the ESPYs like 15 years ago where he was like doing this really heartfelt speech and he was like, lastly, I want to thank myself. I want to thank me for letting this happen. For having a great year. Yeah, Yeah. this was really good for this one. It's like college athlete of the year. It's like, thank God, my parents, uh, you know, my, right. Yeah. My teammates, uh, the university, the NCAA, uh, the game of basketball and uh, last, most important, myself. This one's me. Yes. That's awesome. Honestly, there's so much to be thankful for in fantasy. Like this has been a very fun year. There's yeah. been a lot of injuries. There's been a lot of stuff that's been kind of difficult. But one of the things that I love this year, 
in all honesty, was the Veterans League that we did. Oh, and it's yeah. a huge reminder Doing. of why yeah. fantasy football is so much fun. Because in spite of the fact that we argue on going back and forth at each other on a daily basis, this is what fantasy leagues around the world do. Like all about, we are, we yeah. are just three normal people doing the same thing that all the fantasy leagues do. And so yeah. it's been great to be able to connect with people and be in part of those fantasy leagues. So it's been, I think it's just been a lot of fun. Yeah, they're still rolling on. I'm in the, I'm in the middle of this push for the playoffs here. It's, uh, it's yeah. a close one. In I'm the Veterans really, League? Yeah, we four get in out of That's the sixteen. Right. Yeah, and four I'm, to I'm like, I think I'm the five seed right now. So it's a close battle. Been wow. wheeling and dealing. My trade, my league is extremely active. Tons of trades. A couple more this week. I just traded Sam Howell for Deontay Johnson. A little bit of a high low opportunity there. Jalen Hurts. So, Let me tell you right now. Uh, and I'm actually playing against Howell this week now. So uh, it's it, it's. It'd be cool if you could take yeah. the win you have in the Focus Show League and put it towards your Veterans League so you could have just one extra I, win. I, I wish because I don't need him in the Focus League because wow. that team is a disaster. Wow. I think I have Charbonnet in that league, actually. And How so. am I in sixth place in this league? In it's that weird. league? I'm in sixth. You know what, though? While Field's looking at this, I'm I actually say deserve it. Like, I'm in sixth, it was, even with a bad record, but I've got, like, my points is commensurate with a team that deserves to be in sixth place. So. I've got a chance, a small chance. Feels like chance. I didn't even check my teams. I'm so good. Yeah, I no, I do check them, obviously. I just, <laughs> I just I, to be honest with you, I forgot. I thought like in my own brain that it was two teams per league, and I was like, I'm not going to make it in the top two. So I had sort of tuned out the playoff status. Mm. Yeah. Were those two teams? What? It's four. It's four. I thought yeah. it was two. I'm an idiot. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm thankful for not having to do math for a little. That's right. That's right. Hey, do me a favor. If you guys are interested, we have a score report coming out Call tomorrow. Me. Excuse me, today. Call, yeah. It's out right now. If you go check it out on the ESPN NFL YouTube page. I just moved up three times. It did. Tomorrow. It did. Today. Tomorrow. Today. Now. Right now. Here. That's how you, you be able to, like, you make people be excited about it. That's what it is. Yeah. We're doing just a Thanksgiving Day slate. So if you want to check that out, we're talking all the Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Day games. It was very fun to be able to do. So check that out. All right. Sweet. Ready? Love you guys. What do you, what, uh, what's your favorite side? Favorite type stuffing. It's not even close. Absolutely, one hundred percent. We agree on something. Oh yeah, my God. that's crazy. What else? Mashed potatoes is definitely the side. Do you uh, put? I don't like stuffing because a lot of times people put celery in stuffing. Uh, uh, see, I don't want can, that. Yeah, no. you can eject the celery back okay. into the sun. Well, then I the like ground, you guys celery. Throw it back then. in. Yeah. I'm good um, on that. Underrated size or anything underrated that you're like mm, doesn't get enough love. I don't know. Now I'm pretty. I have a pretty traditional feast. You okay. Know, the yeah. Mashed potatoes with the gravy. Yep. Stuffing, Got out the gravy. Corn. Yep. Totally. Turkey gravy all over that. What about dessert? Dessert, pie, yeah. apple pie, apple pie. You're apple yeah. guy? I'm not a pumpkin guy. I'm a pumpkin guy. Pumpkin, like pumpkin guy. I always love pecan pie though. And it's oh. pecan, not pecan. Mm, pecan, pecan. Okay. Yeah. Do you think our buddy uh, Mel Kuyper still does he eat like two or three pumpkin pies on Thanksgiving? Because he eats a pumpkin pie every day. No, on Thanksgiving he has salad. Oh, that's what it is. He has, he has a big bowl of lettuce instead. Yeah. <laughs> Mel Kuyper, oh, a notorious man. pumpkin pie guy. I love yeah. working with Mel. He's a good. He's dude. the best. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us today. No podcast tomorrow because it's Thanksgiving or Thursday or Friday. Excuse me. You will see us next on FF Now on Sunday, Sunday. morning. So Let's check go. that out. We have all the injury updates for you there. We love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself and have fun over Thanksgiving. Go Debo. Watch some football. We'll see you later. All right, I'm going to go track down them turkeys. No, you're not, Mike. You I'm are. Gonna I'm, I'm going to chase them down. Who's that? no secret, not a mystery, the one that we depend on for all our podcast needs, graduate, full sell you, alliance fan through and through, with the hippest beard I'm telling you.